0: Today i'm going to be reading well a scripture passage that uh, will bring to focus what my assignment has been you, you know it it was kind of neat when we came up with this idea of of having having a little booklet that we would all write and boy I was anticipating all kinds of things of how I could Demonstrate my literary skills, you know, in a positive way and become a bestseller, some way or shape. And uh, then I was given my assignment Jesus makes everything. I thought for surely it would be fun. Or Jesus makes everything joyful. You know, the whole concept of what Christmas does for us. Would Christmas do that in a positive way? And, and then I got my assignment. Christmas makes everything messy. Oh. But that's real life. And that's where you and I have come today. And... Uh, we're going to take a look at Scripture to see how, that, uh, how that's reflected in the Word of God as to what is taking place in your life and mine. Reading from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18-25. through 25. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And you are to give him the name of Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded, commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until he gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. The question that comes to my mind, if I had been a reporter at that time, I would have taken my microphone and thrust it into the face of God, and I would have asked What's a nice God like you doing in a messy world like this? You see, somehow Christmas has become this fun time. We anticipate the joy, the delights, family time, uh, gift giving. And we should. That's a part of it. But then there's life. And I'm not sure that Christmas makes everything messy, unless you're talking about the tree, if you have a natural one, and the needles that fall down afterwards. Or if you've ever seen me wrap a present. Did you know that they invented those bags that that you put gifts in, just for me. Did you know that? I have a way of making a mess of a wrapped-up gift. But nonetheless, here's the topic. Christmas makes everything messy. The story that we're taking a look at is the story of God. And it's a story of God entering into our world. I have to believe from our scripture passage here that it was not an accidental dropping by. We used to have friends from the South, and uh, whenever we would drop by, we would uh, begin the process of leaving. Have you ever tried to leave the house of somebody from the South? Now, you folks from the South, you know what I'm talking about. You would get the front door, you'd get there, it'd take another 15 minutes to open the door. And then you would get out on the porch, and that'd take about a half hour. And then as you're walking away, you would hear these words. Y'all come back when you can stay a while. That's what you call dropping by. Well, God didn't just drop by. It was calculated. It was intentional. On his part, it was a part of his plan, the redemptive plan. And I'm so thankful for the fact that it wasn't an accidental dropping by, but was God coming to us on purpose with a plan. We've done some preparation for you at this Advent time. That's what it's all about. It's anticipating. We have the candle. We have we have the booklet. And then we have the manger. I'm kind of excited about that manger thing. I, I thought it was just for families with kids, but now I get to have one. You, you, you know, it reminds me of a little caper that took place a number of years ago. How many of you remember the kidnapping of Jesus, from our little manger here. You remember that? Remember how that took place? I was trying to figure out what it was all about, but here's what, in essence, took place. We had it all set up. Now, we don't have it set up just the way the calendar falls, but it will be. We had the little Krish, We had the little manger scene. And during the week before Sunday, somebody kidnapped. Jesus, little baby Jesus, he was gone. Well, then we began getting hints. Now this is bev- this is before Twitter. Th- this, I think we might have had email, and that's where the hints came, but we didn't have all the social media stuff that bombards you with this, and everybody can can retweet. Uh, but uh, we began to get clues about where Jesus had been taken. Now, there's few folk thought there was a highly irreverent thing to do with baby Jesus. But to me, it was refreshing, getting Jesus out of the box, into the world. And you see, that's what, that's what God did. He entered into our world. Not just into a church sanctuary. Not just into the fellowship of the saints. But he came to a broken world. Messed up folk. People just like you and me. Well, what do we do with that? How, how, can, we, how can we make sense of that? And... Uh, As I said, it's a messy world. So the Christmas story is the story of God entering into our world. But it's just not that he chose to come to a place that was fun, perfect, a nice ever after kind of place. The place where you and I live. It's the place where we have Ferguson's, not just Bethlehem. It's a world where we read in the headlines, Afghanistan. It's the type of world where we get a text that instead of a delightful time on the beach in Mexico, Norma ends up in the hospital in Tucson. That's the type of world that God chose to enter into. But the Christmas story is also the story of God. Entering not just into the world, but as I said, a messy world. I don't know what your life is like at Christmas time. But as we take a look at that first Christmas, we see Jesus about to be born. But it wasn't this nice, wonderful setting that oftentimes commercially we have set up. It's Jesus coming into a world that is chaotic. You know, there's some things about the Christmas message that to me are very messy. As wonderful the story of Jesus being born as the manger is. There are some parts of the story I would just as soon leave out. I mean, what do you do when you're trying to protect your kids from learning about sex too early? And you've got to read the Christmas story. I mean, at least when I was a kid in the King James Version, we would just say Mary was with child. But then the newer translations come along and declare that she was pregnant. What do we do with the fact that we have a difficult to explain pregnancy? We have a political system that's dominated by an evil empire. And all that goes into that. We like to leave out the fact that their world was a world full of chaos. The message is given to Joseph. There's a census. Taxation. You better do this. And I assume that you do it because uh, the consequences were severe if you didn't. What do you do with the fact that it's... Not just a sweet little journey, but a difficult journey. I mean, we had a time and a half as it was in our traveling when our kids were about to be born. Uh, but uh, nowhere did I take a anywhere on the back of a donkey. And, and then those lodging plans. I mean, have you ever shown up and you were expecting there to be plenty of vacancy signs and all you see is no vacancy, no vacancy, no vacancy? Well, that's the mess of a world that Jesus was born into. And then the kind-hearted innkeeper. You know, now I was raised to hate the guy. This mean man who uh, cast them out into the back stable. But I've kind of changed my mind. I think the innkeeper gets a bad rap. I think out of his mercy and a tender spirit, he says, I'm sorry. But wait, wait. There's a place out back. The messiness of the Christmas story. Yeah, it was a mess. Now, this is a terrible thing to ask on a Sunday morning, but I'll ask it anyway. Have you ever smelled manure? You're getting a gist, a whiff of what Christmas is all about. That's, that's what Jesus was born into. It was a mess of a world. And finally, even after he was born, the part that I just don't like to read about. The slaughter of the innocent is what is referred to in some of our Bibles. Might be a topic, but it was the wholesale killing of children. And our hearts ache, And that's the world. That's the mess that Jesus was born into. A number of years ago, I came across a a book that really impacted me in a powerful way. It was by Josh McDowell, and it was entitled, Evidence That Demands a Verdict. I was part of, as many pastors are, across my 30 years of pastoring, in service clubs. Now, I didn't have a loyalty to one. It was usually whatever some of the men in my church, whatever they were involved in, they'd invite me to one of these, and I would attend and become a part of that just as a service to the community. And I was invited in one situation to a Kiwanis club, Large Qantas Club, over 100 attending every week. Another setting uh, in Bellingham, Washington, where we pastored for 13 years. Small, tiny little church. One of those churches that made me believe in the resurrection, because when we started, that church restarted. We were in bad need of a resurrection. And so the four of us were joined by six other brave souls that made 10 Fortunately, there were four people who couldn't find us. They got there after noon, so that we, I went ahead and counted them. That made fourteen. But I was invited by one of the men, to go to Lions Club, and and service clubs don't know what to do at Christmas time. I mean, finally they say, "Well, we got some pastors here," and so I took my turn, and I wanted it to be, well. The true meaning of Christmas. I mean, they were saying, Would you speak for us at Christmas time? And so I thought it would probably would be a good time to talk about the birth of Jesus rather than the purification of water or, or some topic that, that related to the community. And what I found out was they expected from a pastor of an evangelical church to tell them what he thought Christmas was all about. So I began sharing this story, the story of how God came into a mess of a world, and I developed a little, little topic that uh, was, was based upon Josh McDowell's book. And here, in essence, is a brief outline of what Josh McDowell said about Jesus becoming a man and entering into our world. What would we expect? Well, if it was really God, we would expect a highly unusual entrance. And so I could talk about the choirs, about the manger. I could talk about God not coming in grandeur, but coming into the mess of a manger. And then the next thing that I would share with them is, if it was really God who was entering into the arena of life, into our world, we would expect him to be without sin. And so I would tell them about Jesus, who came as the Savior. I talked to them about the lasting words of Jesus. And you would expect that if it was really God, that the words that he spoke would have an enduring quality, and that we would even have them in our courtrooms, even in front of the United Nations, the word of God and the words of Jesus. If it was really God who came, we would expect him to satisfy the hunger within our hearts for eternity, for a meaningful life. And finally, if it was really God who came and entered into the mess of this world, we would expect God to do something about our greatest problem, the problem of sin, the problem of death, the problem that we have, that we are away from God. We would expect God to do something about that if it was really God entering into the world, into this messy world. Finally, I had to ask the question, Paul, what does this mean for you personally? Yeah, I, I, I like the idea of, of the Advent book. I, I like the, the fact that we've asked our pastors and interns to write this. I, I like the concept of the little manger on the mantle because these all make it, uh, make it a, a point to us that we indeed have God with us. As I was taking a look at uh, some of the assignments that were given to us, I came across one that really impacted me and perhaps explained the messiness that Christmas is all about. And it's by Zach Austin, one of our interns. I don't even know if Zach is here right now. He could be, but here's your claim to fame right here. And uh, he talks about well, let me just read it. The question is, who believes what we've heard and seen? Who would have thought God's saving power would look like this? That's from Isaiah 53.1. Prince of Peace, Lord of Lords, Alpha and Omega, King of Kings. These are just a few of the names that are commonly used to describe Jesus. Each name, each name implies great power and royalty, a name above all other names. These names suggest that Jesus spent most of his time in the high places, never risking a blemish on the perfect skin portrayed in most of the paintings that aim to capture his likeness. There is, however, another name that describes Jesus in a way that many people are uncomfortable with, Man of Sorrows. It seems the Savior of the world came to earth in a very different fashion than what would have been expected of him. Even before his birth, his very existence was marked by sorrow, shame, and pain. Born to an unwed mother, spending his first few years as a refugee, growing up an uneducated carpenter in a backwater town, keeping company with the least of these, and being murdered only after three years of ministry, only to have his few followers run for their lives, was not the experience that we would expect from the Son of God. But it was far greater than any of us could imagine. As Jesus looks at the scars, rejections, and beatings that life has given us, he does not turn his head away from our pain. A successful king would much rather avoid my mess choosing rather to keep his fine clothes clean than to draw near in times of great suffering. But when this great man of sorrows finds us lying in the mud, lost and heavy without love, he gets in the mud with us. He he finds our wounds, he binds our wounds, and taking them in nail-scarred hands, he begins to mend them. That's Emmanuel, God. With us, As we celebrate what Christmas is all about, as we answer that question, God, what are you doing in a messy place like this? Or the article that we're writing. The good news is that he came to meet us at our greatest point of need. And he came with grace. What I like about grace, grace never leaves us like it finds us. It always redeems us, lifts us, forgives us, improves us. That's why I like Advent. It's a reminder of the one we call Emmanuel, God with us. Heavenly Father, we come to you. Oh, so thankful that you entered into this mess of a world. What's a good, nice God like you doing in a messy world like this? You are meeting us at our greatest point of need. The need for salvation. Oh, I'm thankful that they named him Jesus. For he would save us from our sins. Oh, that makes what we are partaking of right now, this this time of communion. It makes it so special because we come as children of God. We come as people who have had our lives touched by you, God. We, We come as people whose mess of life has been cleaned up by your grace. Thank you for this opportunity. And as we come... May we do exactly what Jesus did. Be thankful. Flood our hearts and minds with all those things that we ought to be thankful for. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.